You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith, and I hope wherever you are in the world and whatever you are doing, you are doing very well. You're about to listen to a very unique conversation between myself and a member of the Australian Paranormal Society. The gent's name is Bill Tabone, and I reckon we'll get stuck into it. Here we go. Bill, I want to w- welcome you to the show. The blurb on the Australian Paranormal Society Facebook page states that we are a paranormal research group. We specialise in investigation yep. hauntings, but each member has their own Correct. area of interest that they can help you with. So, mate, in your own words, tell us, tell us what the organisation yep. is all about. Really, we're it's 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 there's several areas to it. Um, the, the, the investigation part of it is to help people who are having issues, you know. Um, and just because we investigate a place doesn't mean it's haunted. What it means is that people are having problems that you know that they are, they think it's related to a haunting, or you know some sort of you know spiritual activity, whatever whatever you want to call it. Um, we go in there and we will run an investigation, and we will tell them, um, you know, no no bullshit, excuse the language, um, but we'll say, yes, it is, or no, it isn't. We're not one of these groups that will go in there and state that, you know, you, you, you know, you've got a demon in your house and, you know, whatever you, you know, if you haven't got any spiritual activity, we can't find anything, we will try to find a natural explanation or something that could be, uh, could be causing it. So that's, that's the first part of it. The second part is, is education. So, you know, we speak to people, we do workshops, we run tours at haunted locations, we take people on investigations, to these locations, and show them what it is to be in the paranormal or to, you know, to experience paranormal um, or paranormal field in what we do. Um, you know, we don't guarantee that there's going to be any, any sort of ghost activity, but it, it's an education showing them what, you know, what paranormal investigators are. You know, we're normal people. We have day jobs, we have families, you know, we have our own issues. Um, and yeah, we go from there. So, you know, trying to spread the word that, you know, that the paranormal is not to do and it's not, um, it's not uh, some sort of crazy lunatics. We're all normal people, you know what I mean? And then doing doing this to help people. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think so, you know, yeah, that's, that's I think a lot of the people listening can relate to that because a lot of my audience and me included, we're all heavy metal fans. And, you know, society tends sure. to pigeonhole us. And, you know, people who are into heavy metal and rock yeah. in general do tend to get into the paranormal as well. So that's why I thought having a chat with you would be very interesting for the audience. So I've got a good... Oh. You're right, you go. Oh. I was going to say I agree. My, my wife actually was uh, she she was a sing- she had a band. She was a heavy metal band, <laughs> chicken you know singer and a bass player and all that sort of stuff. And my sons love music, you know, right from down to the eight year old, and you know especially the, the sort of you know awesome. Pantera those sort of yeah. ones. Right. Um, you know, and and we're you know yeah they're really open to the music side of things too, which is awesome. So sorry, and <laughs> that's just a sidetrack, but uh, no, that's it, great. It sort of verifies what you said because that's where where we headed. So yeah, yeah. awesome, mate. And there you go. <laughs> How do you first assess if an if an investigation is warranted? So, for example, do you, do you get anybody who contacts you that might that you think might be taking the piss, so to speak, or are the people contacting you? Oh, yeah, for and, sure. Yeah, they're mostly genuine in their request for your help. We, we you know, a big majority of them are genuine. Um, the you know, probably eighty-five to ninety percent are genuine. You know, even if it is even if it is just a a non-paranormal issue that we have to deal with. Um, but you do get the odd one, and you do get the odd... Um, uh, there's Attention seeker is the word. I, I, you know, we, yeah. It's not a really great word. It doesn't describe it really how it is. But they enjoy having... You know, they might be having activity there. And, you know, for example, they might be... Um, <laughs> maybe they're you know, doing something they shouldn't be doing, you know, widgie boards or something, which uh, widgie boards are, are fine. You know, I, I see them as a tool if they're, they're used properly and you know how to use them. The problem is when people use these tools, whether it be a Ouija board or whether it be recording voices of spirits or whatever, if you're not doing things correctly, you're going to leave yourself open for an attack. And sometimes, you know, we'll get people, they'll say, I've used a Ouija board as an example. We'll go in there and we'll help them out because, you know, we, people make mistakes. We're all human and we, we, you know, we're not going to hold that against them. Um, but then, you know, we'll get a call, you know, a month later, oh, it's back again. Have you stopped using the Ouija board? Oh, no, 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 I, 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 no, I just wanted to keep using it. You know, so you're not helping yourself. And they, they like that attention of, of you know, bringing activity in and then having people come in and sort of try to clear it. So we do come across that. And, I mean, I have had, have had people that have contacted us to try to get us out there and, you know, been trying to take the piss. But we have a, we have a pretty big um, uh, 
vetting process. So we have telephone interviews beforehand. We have set questions, which include psychological assessments. Um, all the guys do a, a, a psychological first aid course, which allows us and helps us to assess if there any, is any sort of mental issue. Um, not that we can diagnose that, but we can at least, you know, say, well, this person looks like they've got this, this, and this. You know, we might be dealing with that, and then we have to, you know, we have to counsel them and have chats with them. We actually have counsellors to work with us as well. Um, so yeah, there's a, there's a very big vetting process before we actually go out and commit ourselves to, a, to to an investigation. It's um, you know, I mean, it is time off people's lives. We don't charge for those things, and you know, these guys are doing this, yeah, off their own back. So I think helping, you know, helping people out. You just mentioned something there that I actually had a, had organised as a question to ask you. So for something that was invented and popularised by, and oh, no, that's all good. It's, it's great. It means we're on the same page. So, <laughs> so for something that's it. Well, for something that was invented and popularised by the stakeholder of a Pittsburgh toy shop, toy and novelty shop in the 19th century, the Uja board occupies yes. a fascinating, if not fearsome, part of people in the West psyche. So. You know how much of yep. how much of context do you get from people who have had an experience using a Nuja board? And I can tell you, my one and only experience using I've, a Nuja board was when I was about twelve years of age, and I never did it again because it scared the living daylights yeah. out of me. It happens. I mean, my, I know my wife as a child, as a young young lady, I think in a you know probably early teens, I would say she was. You know, they had an experience with her friends using it, um, and they had you know light switching on and off and globes exploding. It's typical what you'd see in a movie. Um, <laughs> But it does happen, you know. Um, it's quite, it's quite a big, you know. We get quite a few people asking questions, not necessarily having problems, but asking questions. Um, and as I said earlier, like you know, it, it is just a tool, man. You know, it's like a if it's used properly, there are certain things you need to do. Um, and you know, we date back. We, we're going back to the spiritualist movement. You know, the you know 18th century, 19th century, where they would use different. Divination, uh, divination tools to contact or try to contact the spirit world, you know, and they had, you know, rules and ways to shut things down. And, you know, when you finish the board, you have to close it down properly, etc. Now they took that, obviously that concept and turned it into a board game, you know, which is, I think John, I think I've got a copy out in, in one of the storage boxes out in the garage, you know, from, I think it's John Sands or one of those ones have put it out there as well. Um, and you know it's um it's just one of those things it's a, it's it is a game but i mean as with anything you know we for example we use voice recorders to record um what we call evps or electronic voice phenomenon which are you know the voices of the dead we try to get them to answer our questions now if you're using that at home and you're using it obsessively um even that can open up doorways you know it doesn't have to be a ouija board it could be you know it could be tarot cards it could be tarot, up, taking on. photos of you trying to you know it could be anything. It could be taking photos of, of trying to capture photos of spirits in your house, or it could be whatever. You know, it just could be constantly, you know, trying to see things. You know, either you open up these doors, and that's when things might happen. You know, and 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 that's one of those one of those things that we we just try to educate people with. You know, the the widget board itself is not a bad thing if you learn how to use it properly. And you mentioned <laughs> you mentioned the tarot in there too. So I do tarot card readings for people. I'm, I'm definitely not a psychic, but yep. I'm, I'm in, intuitive. So I, I really do enjoy doing the tarot yep. readings. But inevitably, the people for that sure. I do tarot card readings for are coming to me when they've gone through some sort of a, in their words, a disaster in their life, typically a relationship breakup. Yep. That's when people tend to be at their lowest okay. outside of when they lose a loved one or so. So do you, do you get a lot of approaches from people that are either have experienced, so going through the bereavement process or going through a relationship breakup? Uh, mainly, mainly bereavement, not so much relationship. Um, for us, it's more that you know uh, they think someone's you know someone's passed away, and they they may be having some sort of unusual things happening in the house. Um, you know, is it old you know Auntie Jane, or is it Uncle Bob, or Mum or Dad, or whoever? Um, and you know, sometimes it's just a matter of I have see the way we work is we have the team is really uh, has two sections. One is the more um, esoteric mediums, um, those sort of things. And then we have the technical side, the technical side, which is all the cameras, equipment, recorders, computers, whatever else. So, you know, sometimes it is us just getting one of the mediums uh, to, or the sensitives, as, as they like to be called, to give them a call and have a chat with them, you know, and, and, that's, and that can usually fix a lot of these problems up. Um, other times we need to go out there and sit down with them and, you know, you need to explain to them about certain things, you know, because the problem is, it, it, I'll start with the problem is that it's human nature is that we fear the unknown. 
And, you know, you might have the most loving father in the world, but when he passes, if he comes back to try to visit, you know, and you're experiencing something from him, it still causes fear in a lot of, in a lot of cases, not all cases, because um, some people are more enlightened than in, you know, to the spirit world. Um, but, um, you know, it causes fear because they don't really know what's going on. Um, and once you sort of have to sit down, if the mediums work out that it is bad, um, then they tend to feel a lot better. You know what I mean? It's, it's a simple fact of, you know, having a chat to them sometimes. Yeah. Not everything is running, having to run out there and, you know, set up uh, equipment and, um, and, and, you know, spend the whole, you know, 24 hours sitting in the house or <laughs> trying to catch something, you know what I mean? It's a lot of it is just counseling and chatting. So before yeah. before I get to the next question, mate, what what so you mentioned something in here yeah. too? What are the tools of the trade you use? So if yeah. I'm a musician, for example, I got my amplifier, my oh. cabinet, my guitar. What do you guys take to a to a gig, so to speak? For sure, mate. It depends on it depends on the case, really. Um, if we were to, for example, we we do um, some work up at Aradale Asylum, um, which was the biggest asylum in the southern hemisphere, and you know, in times gone past, we used to spend weekends in there. So we'd go in on the Friday. We'd spend the whole weekend locked in there and come out on Sunday. If that was the case, we'd take, you know, probably the equivalent of a truckload of equipment up there with um, sound recorders, um, uh, all sorts of sound equipment, all sorts of cameras, um, everything from security systems, security camera systems, through to um, uh, we call they're called trail cameras, for example, uh, which could be put outside in all weather and uh, motion sensored. We use thermal cameras, which read heat. We use infrared cameras and uh, ultraviolet cameras. We use all sorts of different types of cameras to try to catch something. Plus all sorts of different types of um, voice recorders, uh, recording equipment. Uh, then what we do is we have different uh, different machines that read environmental factors, um, such as you know um, uh, humidity, um, electromagnetic fields, um, well, it continues and continues. There's so much, actually, to be honest. Um, and then what we do is we move on to what we call IPC, which is uh, modified radios and devices that allow, in theory, allow the spirit to interact with us. And, you know, sometimes we can set up these devices and actually hear what the spirits or what we believe the spirits have to say. Um, and one of them actually, you know, really is... Um, is uh, basically it's what we call a portal, and it's um, a small amp, um, with a couple of um, different, um, and I'm not I'm, I'm not uh, big on the, the terminology. I actually had uh, one of our friends <laughs> build it for us. Um, they use the like you know a, um, uh, the pedals that you guys use for like guitars and things. Um, sure. Yeah. What are they called? You know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, they, exactly. They, so. they, yeah. um, reverb pedals and things like that. So they and what they do is they build this little device and then we run a program into that. And it cleans up a lot of the background noise, and we actually get a lot of voices coming through on that sort of thing. And you know, we call it the GD box, basically. But it's okay, a, like it's, a condenser. Um, that's sort of, of what we call it. Yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. I, I'm not big on the terminology, you know, for the, the actual parts because it's you know it's it is musician stuff. Like you know, as I said, you know, the, you know, cool. the yep. pedals and things they use for the guitars and things like that, and they they put them in this, you know, just in a little box, and we we plug a program in through it through a. Um, uh, some sort of tablet, and uh, we, it spits out um, some amazing, you know, conversations we have with spirit. Um, and you know, for example, one of the experiments we do when we're we're in the asylum is I tend to ask questions. We try to ask questions that will verify that there's some sort of intelligent answers coming through. And um, we ask usually ask if my wife's not there, I'll ask, you know, can you tell me what my wife's name? And you know, eight out of ten times we'll get straight away we'll get Amanda. You know, will come through, and because they they tend to, the spirits that are there tend to learn, to, learn you know, know us, um, and we'll get this verification. The other two times, you know, sometimes they don't want to talk to me, and you know, really, then in in no terms, they tell me to basically piss off because they don't want to speak to me. Um, and someone someone else asks the same question and gets the answer. So, you know, it's it's quite it's actually quite funny. <laughs> so they have they almost have personalities in the but, way that a human being does, or, or, or well, they, you know, an when, animal might. Well, the spirit is. It, well, the spirit is the same when it when it passes. It, the spirit doesn't change all that much. Um, you know, if you're if you're a, you know a decent person, you'll be a decent person when you pass over. If you're not a very nice person, you'll probably still be the same when you pass over. It's until it's until well, the belief system in research and the feedback we're getting from recordings from the other side and things like that. Now, this sounds. It's, I always hear myself saying this, and sometimes it does sound 
like I'm, you know, speaking on a science fiction show or something, but this is what we receive. You know, this, through these boxes, we actually get answers to our questions. And, you know, till they get to the side, receive healing from the other side, then, you know, they usually are staying the same, you know, if they're stuck on Earth. So if you're a nice person, you'll get these people, you know, speaking really nice to you. And if you're, they're nasty when they're alive and they're passed over, they usually stay nasty. They, their personality doesn't change. God, so, and so with all due respect, know, an arsehole in life is yeah. to be an arsehole in death. Sorry, it's, it's a bit like that, is it? That was the words I was going to, that's the words I was going to use, <laughs> but I try to, I try to temper my, my, my language. Um, <laughs> you know, we always say, if you're a son of a bitch, you know, you'll be a son of a bitch. But um, that's, that's the way it is. You know yeah. I mean? Yeah. If you, if you, if that's the way we believe. So, yeah. Okay. And and, that, and it, you know the majority of the nasty ones we come across, where people believe they're like demonic and such, are just really bad human beings. You know, spirits. You know, they're just they're just not not nice people. Yeah, it's and funny, isn't be it? Dealt with yeah, I mean, yeah. I look at I look at our different. My my two children are from each other. Yet they've come from the same biological or genealogical source, I should say, yep. and they even look completely different. But you know, see. So you, you, you know, it's, it's yep. a fascinating thing, past life karma and all of this sort of stuff that, you know, we could probably leave for another oh. discussion. But, yeah, I mean, it all has an influence on us, you, doesn't it? You've got – exactly. And, you know, I mean, there was – for years and years and years, I believe in inherited memories. And, um, you know, that uh, – for example, I taught martial arts – I trained martial arts since I was young, since I was a 10-year-old. And, you know, um, I, I remember looking at my son one day. He was very young, had no no training, picked up a, one of my batons and – was twirling it the same as I would have been twirling it, you know, without knowing he was doing it, if you know what I mean. So inherited memories, you know, and and um, and sort of recently they had this uh, Assassin's Creed movie, you know, where they, they used the, you know, inherited memories to, to go back. And I sat there and I went, wow, that'd be awesome <laughs> to be able to do that and see what, you know, see what the past was. But, um, but this whole, yeah, that's a whole nother discussion. So what's been your most you significant investigation and what was the outcome? Okay. Um, private investigations, we've, I mean, I, mean, I always say we, um, we have seen things that if they had in the movie, you wouldn't believe the movie was true. You know, um, uh, we had a, probably the worst case was a lady who was being um, harassed her and uh, her children. Um, I mean, she she was... Um, beaten, she was um, sexually assaulted by spirit, and it took us um, a good eight months to, to actually clear that case up. And using um, people high up in the church as well, had to come in and, and sort of, you know, basically lend a hand. So that was probably that was probably the nastiest one. Um, although I mean, I've had some very very nasty cases. That was extremely bad. Um, How long ago was that? So the outcome was. Oh, that was a long time ago. That was um, had to be twelve years ago. Um, so it's been it's been a long time. But um, the thing is, you know, the, the 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 outcome of that case was that those, you know, eventually those entities or those spirits that were nasty were moved on, and uh, and uh, there were still spirits there, but they were the they were the, you know, the nicer variety, if you like to know. You know, um, my wife, my wife actually used to go visit this lady, and um, she would hear her name being called afterwards. This is afterwards. And she'd say, I'll just go to the bathroom. She'll go to the bathroom. And as she's going to the bathroom, the light would switch on for her. So these were nice spirits. And, you know, they they, and, you know, they were happy that the, the nasty, the darker entities were gone. So, you know, so, yeah. So we have some very strange stories <laughs> that we come across. Mm. But, uh, so interesting. Mate, you, yeah. you definitely do not strike me as a bloke who has a thin skin. But what... Have you ever experienced an episode where you've thought you might have been a bit over your head, or you, have you had a frightening experience? Mate, definitely. I mean, it's, there's there's anyone in this field that you know is dealing with cases, is dealing with these sort of things. My, my team tend to deal with some very dark cases. You know, it's probably worked out. Um, we tend to get a lot of ha cases handed handed to us from other teams that don't do that. You know, um, so I mean, I've I've had. I've had furniture, I've had furniture moving around. Um, I was doing a house cleansing, clearing a house for this poor. It was, it was actually um, a young lady. She lived with the father. The father was uh, drunk, um, and so there's a lot of bad energy there. But she was being hurt, being you know having. Oh, sorry, I mean we were sitting there, we witnessed her face slapped, um, her hair being pulled, uh, things like that. And anyway, we did what we did, and 
I had a couple of uh, new investigators there that um, said they were experienced. I was clearing a um, clearing um, the place. Um, I had a bedside table actually start rocking and moving forward towards me, for example. Now, for me, I could go. I have to keep going. That's the way I've been trained. You know, push the fear back, keep going. These other guys freaked out. So what happened is I I had to turn and actually pull them back, re, re um, you know, round them up basically and get them back on on on. Yeah, on stay there. on message, yeah. And mm. for me, yeah, you stay on, stay, you know, get back in the in the fight. You know what I mean? Because you know, it really is a fight for us in some of these cases. And that's when I that was the point where I was scared because I knew these guys didn't have my back. And you know, my team that I have, or the regular guys. I know they they will have my back. As a matter of fact, last Friday we were we were doing a um, investigation of of a location. Um, I had um, not well. He's he works with my team. He's part of my team, but he's other part of another team as well. Um, he got attacked, and I, my son and I, literally had to carry him out of the place and you know do a healing on him. To and this guy is uh, he's the most skeptical, no bullshit guy in the field. Um, you know, you got to show him, you know, things ten times uh, to make to make him a believer, basically. Um, and he's there, and he got pushed up against the wall, and he's and he's a big, he's a big lad, he's a big bodybuilder. He said, um, "I can't move my legs. I can't move my legs." I, I put my hand on him. I felt him get pushed back into the wall, and that's when I said, "We got to get him out." So we we slung an arm over his shoulder. My son, my son was fifteen, but he's about two inches taller than me. He's a big lad. Big lad yeah. And this gentleman was actually trained. Yeah, this gentleman actually trained him at the gym, so he's, he's 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 a strong lad too. So we carried him out, and he was like a ton of bricks. But we got him out. Um, he started to come good. We just had to get. I had to do a bit of a healing, get him out, and so you can get hit. It doesn't matter how big, tough, and strong you are. You know, you can get hit, and people need to realise that, and people need to say, yeah, actually, look, fear is all right. You know, fear is what keeps us alive in in most things. Yeah, and, exactly. Um, yeah. And so yeah, I mean, so yeah, I've been I've been scared, and you know, in times and. It's um, it's just something we have to uh, we have to learn to control. As a matter of fact, I did a presentation on that at a, a paranormal first, uh, convention uh, last year, or the year before, about how to control fear, um, which I've taken off from the martial arts side of things. Of course, and yeah, it helped enormously. Police officers yeah. and well, I train. I, I used to train a lot of guys who worked in, as I said, police officers, the military, um, those sort of blokes. And you know, I would speak to them and say, "Well, how do you guys do it? You know, what are yours? How do you control this urge to run and hide?" Basically, so I taught them. They taught me, and you know, we, we I've, I've turned it into something I can use in this field. So, yeah. So, it's um, I believe you're always learning, never stop learning. And you know, when you think you've learned everything, you know, you might as well give up because you're going to go stagnant. <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. the way I believe. And do you experience something yeah. akin to the thrill of the chase when you're setting up an investigation? I I think you do. I mean, look, you know, it's for me. It's um, uh, I've been doing this for 31 years. Um, I was having a joke not that long ago that I was 19 was my first investigation, and 50 now. Um, so it's it's it's. You know, every investigation, but you know, is 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 an, is exciting. But I mean, I have a process that I have to go through to set up investigations. My my team know the process. You know, they know that we have to do certain things. Um, but even then, you're setting up um, and not knowing really what's going to happen. So it's it is yeah, it is uh, exciting in the sense that it's it's a surprise pretty much every time. You know, yeah, it's something cool. that you think might not be much might turn into something big. Something that's supposed to be big will turn into something small. Um, you know, when you think you're not going to get anything, you might get the biggest surprise. You know, I, I, we we sort of liken it to you know um, gold prospecting. You know, sometimes you'll have you'll dig through a lot of crap to get that one little nugget, or uh, and other times you won't find anything. You know, so it's um it is there is a, there is a thrill to it, and I think you know I mean you have to love what you do. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, especially God, what we do, one. you have to yeah. love what you do. Yeah, you know. You got to, you know, I mean, we're out there. My guys are out there. You know, sometimes in the historical locations, we're out there in rain and mud, and you know, forty degree heat in freezing cold. I mean, Friday night we were up in Ararat. It was zero degrees, and um, you know, they they do it for the love, mate. So, you know, that's that's what we do. So yeah, there you go. So what about the mindset when you start an investigation? So for example, 
are you hopeful yep. that you'll find irrefutable proof of paranormal activity or are you more of the mindset that you'd prefer to debunk a theory that something from the paranormal is making its presence felt? Now, I ask, I make that last point because sure. it is fear of the unknown yep. that can give people nightmares. So are you hopeful that you can advise a client oh, that as far as you're concerned, rest easy, there's no proof of the paranormal? For sure. I look, the way, I, the way I, I look at it, you know, I mean, and any investigator that says they don't want to find something or don't want to find, have a good piece of evidence captured is, you know, is probably not speaking 100% true. Um, we all would like to catch that amazing full-bodied apparition photo. You know what I mean? Um, having said that, um, when, we, when we do an investigation, when we do think we catch something, we, we run through a whole series trying to reproduce it um, trying to find what it could be to debunk it. So, you know, that we can say, no, this is not a proper piece of evidence. And, and it's happened many times, you know. Um, so, yeah, so you need to, you need to eliminate all the possibilities um, before we say something is paranormal. Now, having said that, I would rather tell the client, I will always tell the client the truth. If there's nothing there, I will say there's nothing there. If I think if we find something, and it's not, you know, it's not too bad, you know, what I, I will advise a client, and then we will work out a strategy to fix it. If it's something that's pretty nasty, the same thing. We will work out a strategy to try to, you know, rectify the situation and help them out. So, the client, in my view, deserves the truth in all in, in all things. Um, and although, you know, if my my guys know if something is something has presented that might be a bit nasty they will actually talk to me away from the client first um and then we'll work at the strategy how to how to talk to the client about it so you know you are hopeful that's you know that something will happen in the sense that you will get some sort of evidence but it's not something that we you know that we're 100 percent. that's the only reason we're there for if you understand what i mean yeah no, absolutely mate and um Yep. Something that you, we, we started talking about earlier, but um, certainly some of the people that I've had talk to me about having interactions with the paranormal, to be quite honest with you, I, I know for a fact they've been heavy drug takers, so heavy recreational drug users. Yep. So do you get approaches sure. from people that you think, hang on a sec, there's either mental illness here or they're taking far too much recreational yep. drug use or using far too many recreational drugs? For sure. For sure. And not sharing. No, no, I need to... <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the thing is... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the thing is... Oh, um, good, I agree. <laughs> yeah, we do, definitely. Oh, mate, you know what I'm saying. Um, no, the thing is, that there, <laughs> we do get that. I mean, look, you know, there's heavy drinkers, there's heavy drug use, there's people that have, you know, psychological issues. Um, a lot of people will discount them straight away. They will say, no, you know, it's a mental illness or this and that, and they will just, they will usually dump them. We'll assess the situation first. Um, the reason why, I say, why, why we do that is because sometimes mental illness, you know, uh, substance abuse, alcohol abuse, whatever you might be, um, can attract negative energy, energies, can attract these things. So even those people are, you know, high on things, you know, and saying they're experiencing this and that, we'll have a chat to them, we'll check the place, check the place out, and then we'll make a decision whether we need to go further. Um, so I'm not... I. The way I look at it is I've seen so much in, in the time I've been around and, you know, that I don't sort of cut people off. Very rarely I will cut someone off at the knees straight away. I will I will at least listen to what they have to say. So, yeah, we do deal with people like that. Um, and look, a lot of the time it is just what they're, you know, experiencing through what they've got, you know, whether it be a substance abuse or a mental illness. But you know, I think we, I think they deserve as human beings uh, someone to listen to them. You know what I mean? It's um, I, I, you know, I'm a bit of a softy, but you know, I, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt as best I can. You know well, you, I mean? you've got a high degree and of empathy for then, people in their situation. I think you know. I think I think you have to. I think you know. I think you have to have a certain amount of empathy um, simply because the, the way it is, you know, there's there's people, as I said, there's people out there that will just you know abandon them. You know, I. I'm no, I'm no put. Don't get me wrong. I'm no pushover. You know, if I if I give people advice and say this is what you need, and I, I will tell them straight out, this is what you need to do. There's no buts or, you know, what if I do this? There's no negotiation. This is what I need you to do, and if you do that, then we'll be we, we'll be with you 100%. If people, uh, you know, just 
continuing down the same path, not listening to the advice and not trying to help themselves, then, I mean, it comes a point where we need to step away. You know, I mean, as I said, this is all done at no cost. You know, these guys are, my guys are giving up their time or any investigators are giving up their time, you know, to help you out, you know, at least, at least follow the advice that we're giving. You know I mean? I mean, I've walked into houses and said to people, do you smoke, you know, drugs? Place stinks of marijuana. You know, yeah, oh, yeah. no, 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 never touch them. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> mate, I, 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 didn't, I didn't live in a closet all my life, you know what I mean? I mean, I was, you know, like anyone else, you know, you can walk into a place and, you, you know, you walk past someone and you can smell it, you know, and you think, yeah, good for you. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, but, you know, it's, be honest with me. You know, don't, don't bullshit me. It doesn't mean I'm not going to cut you off. Uh, what it means is you be honest with me and I'll know you're telling me the truth and I'll, I'll you know, I'll give you 100% help as much as we can. That's yeah. That's the way we work. Yep. So, what's your take on organised religion and the role that it has in creating superstitions and fear of the unknown? And you mentioned something important earlier, so I'd that's like right. you to talk in more detail about this point, if that's okay. That you'd worked with the clergy on a past yep. case. I'm fascinated by that. Yep. For sure. Well, I mean, we have. Um, we, I've, I've worked with clergy in different religions. Um, to be honest, um, I have friends. In you know, especially in the United States, that are clergymen um, and work in um, sort of you know the the how what's but that sound like an idiot, but you know uh, in exorcisms and things like that, these is what these guys do. Um, <clears throat> but um, I was raised a Roman Catholic. I still believe have my beliefs. Um, I don't believe you need to go to church all the time to to be a good you know, good person. Um, so I'm not one of these, I'm not one of these blokes that are going to, you know, bring my Bible to your house when we have dinner or something and <laughs> start talking to you. But I believe, you know, I believe, I believe that, you know, there is good. Yeah, you've got your faith, um, example, in other words. I think you're a bit like me. I'm Catholic as yeah, well, exactly. and we've got our faith, it, yeah. For sure. For sure. The faith is what, the faith is what makes what we do strong. You know, when we do a house clearing, I have to have faith that it's going to work. I have to have strength in, in what I believe. But, you know, it doesn't mean, you know, there's too many people spending life on their knees praying that should be out helping people. That's my, that's my thoughts. Now, organized religion, I mean, I know, you know, the Catholic Church is going through a hard time at the moment with, you know, very bad claims and such. And sure that, you know, that's, that's terrible. Those people done the, the very, the very worst thing you could do. But, you know, not, you can't tar everyone with the same brush. If that makes sense, of course. So no, you're that's, spot on. That's you're that right. Part, yeah. you know, and you know, I mean, but it depends on who the client is with us. Um, you know, if we have, um, if we're, you know, you're you're a Buddhist, you really don't want, you know, or it's a spirit that's you know from that sort of religion. You know, you might not be affected as well by Roman Catholic sort of uh, rituals. Um, if you're, a, you know, if you're a Greek Orthodox. You know, a Taoist monk coming in might not be able to do the same thing. You know, it's I believe there's a big correlation in what these people are, and you know what the spirits are. Um, excuse me, and um, the, you know that's really that's that's a really big question, <laughs> um, um, and there's a lot into it. Uh, but I believe that yes, you know, the organised religion um, has caused a lot of damage in our world, 100%. But I don't believe that every person in that religion or every priest or Buddhist monk or, you know, whatever is a bad person. If that, you know, makes no, sense. Spot on. No, you know, it's like complete saying, sense. Yeah. It's like saying all it's like saying all policemen are bad. You know, they're not. You know, there might be a small amount that are bad, you know, but you can't because of them you can't tell the whole force. You know, there's 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 good people in this world. <laughs> whether they're religious people or whether they're not, you know. It's good people, so I'm very open-minded. With you know, I give, I judge people on what they do, not what they are. So you know, that's the way I work. If you if you're a good person, and you know you treat me right, you're you're nice to me. I'll be nice to you. I don't care whether you're you know uh, what religion you are, what colour you are, what you know, what nationality you are. It doesn't it doesn't you know it doesn't that doesn't come down to me. Uh, how you, what you do and how you are is what comes down to me, like whether I trust you or not. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> good, uh, good, uh, good that, creed to live, uh, live by yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, well, it is a good creed to live by. But you know, having said that, you know, re- organised religion has caused a lot of trouble. Um, you just got to look back at the um, the Inquisition. <laughs> you know, I'm sure there was a lot of people there that weren't very happy. 
Well, but, I think whenever yeah. religion becomes more about do as I say and, you know, when, it's, when it becomes more about following dogma rather than about faith, and that's when the trouble starts. And we see that in the world today and we've seen it in history, Definitely. all through history, you know. Oh, for sure. For sure. You, you know, it, it comes down to, you know, um, a controlling thing. It comes down to a power thing. It's not, you know, it needs to be uh, a faith you know, a faith thing. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it, it comes down to money rather than 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 faith. You know, it comes down to control rather than faith. You know what I mean? It's, it's crazy. You know, and and it is a horrible thing. And some people, unfortunately, you know, follow follow what they're told. Like you know, just like sheep. You know, they don't question. And that's the way they were, that's the way they were raised, I suppose. Yeah, well, I think as soon as a religion yeah. basically becomes an ideology rather than a faith, then it's game over. You know what I mean? And there's just there's so I mean, we, yeah. because yeah. of the internet, we're so aware of what goes on in the world. Apparently, at this time in history, is the oh, most peaceful 100%. time ever. Apparently, but you wouldn't know it given the speed really? of in, well, apparently so. I mean, I don't know who how they can test for that and actually provide some assurances that that is the case. But I mean, you sort of believe it in one part yeah. because we in, in the West. I mean, I don't. Yeah. There's no nations at war with each other in the West, so that's about. Exactly. Uh, what's about about a third of the world's population taken care of from that perspective that can basically, when I say exactly. taken care of, that they can go to work, raise a family and basically lead a peaceful life without having sure. some sort of violence come to them, um, for sure, you know, oh. like you would get if you were living in the unfortunate people live in Syria or Iraq or wherever it might be, you know, so. Exactly, but, in certain parts of Africa or something like that. I mean, there's, oh God, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. it's horrible, you know, you, you hear the stories and, you know, I mean, uh, it's it's just horrendous, you know. You, you feel for these people that are holding their children. You know, the children are starving, or the children are, you know, they had the, the husband's gone missing because you know he's done, the, he said the wrong thing, or whatever. You know, it's it's just terrible, terrible. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But uh, you know, that's the unfortunately the world. It is indeed. Yeah, it's just uh, the nature of humanity. Uh, we seem to we seem to repeat the same mistakes over and over again, don't we? When you look at history, we just don't seem to learn. It, it, it does happen, unfortunately, you know, and we, you know, we, that's what we should be doing, learning from history, rather than trying to repeat it. So I'm, I'm fascinated by some of the. Uh, I'm trying to find the right words, but apparitions are like when I say fascinated, I'm, I'm intrigued. Okay, so um, in uh, the battlefields of Ver Verdun, um, over in Gettysburg in the states, so Verdun in France, Gettysburg in the states, yep. Verdun was a famous infamous, yep. I should say, battlefield in World War One between the French and the Germans, and they do Definitely. capture a lot of paranormal activity there. Do you, do you tend to find Definitely. that there is more of a presence of the paranormal where great suffering has occurred, or is it a bit more random than that? Oh, look, I, but I, it, it, it is prevalent in those places. I mean, I, I have investigated Gettysburg myself twice, and um, the things I've, I've felt there, even even during the day, day it's, you know, it was it was amazing, you know what I mean. Um, uh, for example, I was with some um, friends of mine who were investigators, and we were um, went to a place um, in Gettysburg, which is Pickett's Charge, which was the last basically charge of the of the Confederates before the war. You know, before the battle was ended, that was there. That was they got smashed through badly, and that was it for them basically. And I'm standing there in the middle of this field, and you know, on this path. And I hear two men speaking behind me, and I turn around thinking because they were right behind me, like right in my ear. I'm, I got turned around to get out their way because I was, you know, filming a little bit, and uh, turned around there, and no one there, and there was no one in the whole paddock <laughs> behind me. It was there was a couple of people in front of me, my friends, you know. Just that's just during the day. I mean, then I've, I've, um, you know, I, I I heard battle drums during the night. Um, I've heard uh, footsteps come, a uh, boot steps come walking through my room. Um, among other things, I mean, I got bitten by a child spirit in the orphanage in Gettysburg, um, and I have a picture with all the teeth marks, <laughs> which was, which was, you know, fantastic. Um, and um, you know, I mean, among other things, you know, what I mean, um, we made contact with the only civilian that was killed in Gettysburg, uh, Jenny Wade, and actually had um, her name come through on some of our recordings. Um, it was, uh, there's so much, you know, it would take me an hour or two hours to sit down and just tell you the basics, you know what I mean? So we've, we've had so much experiences. So, but the, the feeling there is in Gettysburg itself is, is, you know, just full of uh, activity, you know, and that's the way, that's the way I felt. So I can understand that other battlefields will be the same. So what you know, do the, the, the spirits want? Something? So much. Do they, are they waiting for something to happen or are oh. they just not moved over to the next dimension yet? <laughs> 
it depends. You know, it really depends. In some, in general, um, sometimes they, they they know their debt and they they don't wish to move on. They you know they're happy where they are. Sometimes I believe they're afraid to move on. Um, uh, maybe they've been nasty in life or a bit you know not too nice in life, and they're maybe afraid of judgment. Afraid of judgment. That'd be a big um, one. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, if you're if you if you're a religious person but weren't a nice person, you know, you, you're thinking I'm crossing over, I'm going to get judged, I'm going to hell. You know, what I mean, that that could be a thought pattern, and especially in the older religions, you know, they were all fire and brimstone. Um, and so, really, you know, that's 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 you know, one or two examples. So it could be that they're attached to a place, um, they might be waiting for someone, they might not know they're dead. Um, it really depends on what, you know. There's so much. Um, then you deal with um, that. That's what we call an intelligent haunting. Then you start to deal with residual hauntings, which are more memories rather than natural spirits. Echoes. I've heard of this. So, yeah. Echoes of the past. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> for example, in, in you know, in a lot of castles, you'll you'll hear about you know um, uh, uh, scenes that repeat. You know, for example, in the in England, you know, there's a lot of scenes to repeat. You know, like a lady walks from. On the third of July, a lady walks from there to there and looks out that window, you know, like she and and cries. You know, that could have been a traumatic event that was somehow recorded in the atmosphere. And on the right occasion, or right date, or right environmental factors, it plays back. You know, um, so it's like it, electromagnetic you know, it's energy. Human. So electromagnetic magnetic energy captures the event and then keeps on replaying it. Is that? A good explanation. It's trapped, yeah. It's like trapped in. It's trapped in the environment. You know, there's so many theories. Well, you know, for example, um, there's a stone tape theory, which is where uh, the energy or the, the the emotion is trapped in and absorbed by, say, granite. You know, um, um, granite has a you know quite a bit of. You know, it's got a lot of iron in it. It's got a lot of you know different uh, compounds. And um, you know, and it traps this energy, and so then, like a, like a, an old videotape, you know, videotape was coated by with iron oxide, and which is rust basically, and that's in these stones, and so it's like that that's recorded that, and then it plays back um, when that when the play button is, you know, the play button being the environment or the the environmental factors uh, or the date or something like that, and it plays back you know, this, this emotional event. And that's, and that's one theory, you know, sandstone has another theory and there's, there's the limestone is another theory. There's different ways that they say it works. Um, and you know, the, yeah. So a lot of these castles are built on, 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 you know, um, a stone that is, is infused with, you know, with metal, you know, with some, you know, uh, uh, iron with whatever, you know, so there's a big theory that, it catches the essence of these these emotional events and then releases them at certain times. So yeah, yeah, and the and the catalyst for that being that there is emotion rather than just the, that's why everyday events aren't kept being captured. It's more the really emotional events. Yeah, so that's that's what they say. You know, this is about. So that's a theory. Everything we do is on theory. So we, yeah, for sure. Until yeah, until we have something one hundred percent proof. Even the equipment we use, how it works, is really theory rather than fact. You know, you can say how a camera works, but how does a camera capture a spirit? You know, that's, it's that's theory rather than fact. So, yeah. So we we try we try we try to capture these. You know, we try to work these things out as we go along and try to put a little bit more pieces on the puzzle. So, so share with you. I've got to share with you my experience with the paranormal, and I suppose it's the best way to call it the paranormal. I went to, in 1995, uh, I should backtrack a little bit. My father, when he was growing up, had a difficult relationship with his family, so he decided to move out to a boarding house right. when he was in his young, when his early 20s, and he boarded with a lady called Nana yep. Brooks. Now, we went to her okay. funeral and her wake in uh, 1995, and when we got out of our car to walk to her, what was her previous place, or currently, you know, it was her house, um, she bloody well walked past us. And it's got to be my witness that happened. And we, we smiled at her, we said hello, and she said hello back. But only my brother and I remember it. The rest yeah. of the family don't actually remember it. But I remember my mother and father and my sister actually saying hello to her as well. We couldn't believe that she walked past us, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, I can understand it. What, in your experience, would she just be um, just, you know, final goodbye to everybody? Is that what that would have been, a bit of a lap of honour just Possibly. to see who's going to the wake? Is that what happens when you pass over? Quite, quite 
hey, quite possibly, quite possibly, could be, you know, could be, yeah, it could be that, or could it could again be a, a replay that she's, you know, when she used to go out down the street, she would say, good, you know, hello to people as she walked past. You know, it could be any of them. You know, it's um, it's a matter of you know how you feel about it too. Whether whether you feel she was. Um, you know, did she turn and make eye contact with you? Oh, she's example. very happy. I could tell. Uh, you could feel how happy she was. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Was she Was she ill before she passed? Oh, she was elderly. She was about 85 or 86, yeah. so it was just old age. Okay, yeah. so she was probably probably struggling to get around. And, and, you know, in spirit, she's free. In spirit, she can move. So it's no wonder she's happy. You know, there's no rickety bones. There's no pain. You know, she's 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 in, you know, she's bliss, you know, <laughs> compared to what she probably was feeling before. And but a matter of fact, I had a very similar experience. Um, um, an uncle of um, a brother-in-law, um, I used to work in a place called Heidelberg, and I used to see him. He was fit, fit man, older man, was fit, always walking. And I used to shoot down the street for lunch, and I'd see him walking and say, G'day, how are you? And shake, you know, wave at each other and, you know, pass each other to say, G'day. Well, he passed away. And I went to walk up the street, and he'd come the other way, the same, said the same, <laughs> the same, thing same situation. I would always say, you know, yeah. how you doing? And without the, like I was in my own little world, and I said, "Great," and kept walking. Then I stopped, and I would turn. I had to turn and actually have a look at him. Um, and uh, yeah, just uh, he wasn't there. So it's uh, it's just one. Uh, it's just one. Um, wow, one yeah. of those things that you know, it's really hard to explain. But you know, they they do. They, I think they do have their final goodbyes, mate. Then you. Know, must be what it is. That's, That's what I thought it would have been with Nana Brooks. Yeah, I think she's just walking past yeah. just at the tip of the hat. Thank you, because she was a very kindly woman. And uh, she was just, you know, yep. meandering through, doing what she did, and she just happened to bump into us, you know. And, uh, yeah, it was fascinating. That's, it's been my only significant contact. Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, I, think, I mean, I think that's, that's a really good memory. You know, it's a great memory for you. As oh, well. lovely, you know, yeah. It's not, it's not threatening. It's, it's, it's a nice feeling, you know. And she was obviously a lovely person. So that's, that's really nice. So, mate, you, you're... you're Easily the best person that I could ask this question of, and I'm sure everybody listens, the listening at one point in time has asked themselves this question, and and I know people ask themselves this question all the time, but, mate, what really happens when we die, when we first pass over and leave our body? Uh, I would love to give you 100% verifiable answer. (laughs) (laughs) What's your theory? (laughs) Um, (laughs) I mean, that's that's the honest answer, you know. But, I mean, I'd love to say to you, hey, you know, like, this is what happens. And, you know, that's what we're working on. We're working on trying to make, um, you know, because apart from trying to capture evidence that spirit exists after after we pass, you know, our ghost exists, whatever. Um, I mean, we work in all other fields too. So we have, like, UFO work. We have, you know, cryptozoology work. But, yeah, what I do is more spirit um, the hauntings and such. So, I mean, what I believe, and this is not based on religion, this is just based on the things that I've seen in in this field is that once once a spirit leaves the body, the the spirit either if it if it goes to where it's supposed to be, um, from the research we have, they on the other that the spirit leaves the body goes to another place where you know, whether you want to call it heaven, nirvana, whatever you want to call it, and the research has told us from this is researchers all over the world getting the same answers is that you know. When you get over there, for example, if you have, if you're elderly, or you have maybe lost both your legs, or you know some sort of physical injury, you 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 can't just automatically become perfect again. In most cases, um, you need to you need to have a little bit of time where you recuperate, and they so they have similar to what you would call as a hospital. They help people to go back to a point when they were happy to get used to that again if you know what i mean and then you know then go from there you know that's that's the research you know, that people have found now when people leave their body and they then they get stuck again that's this conversation we've just been happening but i believe that the spirit leaves the body and you know and i believe that the body is just a vessel for for our true nature our, our true what we are when we leave the body we, we are the same people it's just that we leave that it's like a car you open the door and you step out you know yeah. what I mean? That's the yeah. way I look at it. Yeah. So makes you know, sense. And, well, nobody's ever come back yeah. to tell us what happens, have they? So we've got to theorise. Yeah. Well, you know, one day, that's the thing. Yeah, again, you know, we fear the unknown, so we try to, we try to, we try to work out what's going on, so we can, you know, we can get some sort of, some sort of answer. But uh, it's, it's all, you know, mate. This is, it's, it's, there's so much out there that we need to, we need to work on, and it, it comes down to, you know, um, being patient. 
persistent and hopefully that veil gets a little bit thinner and we can we can give some people some really good answers. So, Mate, yeah. this has been awesome. This has been unbelievable, actually. So how can people get in touch with you if they want to talk to you about what's going on in their lives? For sure. If they jump on Facebook, they can go uh, and find us at the, uh, the Australian Paranormal Society. Um, they can send us a message there if they like. Um, they can... We have all our contact details on there, my phone number, my email address. Um, we can get you in contact with any of the group um, that have different abilities, um, as in psychic abilities, or we can we can help you out, you know, in answering a question or if you have an investigation you need doing, um, whether you're in uh, close by to us or worldwide. We have a worldwide network of investigators that we work with. Um, you know, we'll find one way to help you out. So... But the Australian Paranormal Society, search us on Facebook and we'll um, and, and drop us a line. And, you know, anyone that's interested, if they're local to, um, you know, where we are, we're in Victoria in, in Australia, um, you know, we run workshops, we run um, tours. Um, I also set up, um, you know, uh, like, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, tours for people that are coming down and want to just do a bunch of different investigations or see haunted places. So just let us know what you want and we can, we'll help you out, so... We're, we're very, very easygoing people. So, no, that's so awesome. That's yep. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much, and, mate. And this has uh, been great. Yeah. Oh, it's been fantastic, mate. And you know, I'm, 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 I love speaking to people that are interested. And you know, sometimes, um, you know, sometimes you get a really, you know, you get the answer you want. And sometimes you, you know, it's something different. But as long as people walk away thinking, that's what I always say. You know, that uh, we can. That's how we're going to move forward when people, are, people are all thinking. But Andrew, thank you so much for having me, mate. I had a blast. Yeah, thank you, mate. Look, I'll, I'll be forward here and I'll say that the thing that I've got a lot of comfort from, you've got a very level head on your shoulders. So I know that if ever anything was going on in my life and in my family and I reached out to you, I think I'll get a very serious but at the same time level-headed person that would be able to do a, a proper investigation and tell me what was going on. So you seem like you're perfect for the job that you're doing. Oh, thank you, Andrew. I mean, look, we, we work on the premise that, um, you know, we, we, we try to be as professional as we can um, we don't jump at shadows. Um, I believe, look, I don't need to prove that the, that spirits exist. I know they exist. Um, but we need to prove and to help people to get to a point where either they believe or don't believe. And, you know, either way it's fine. That's why I see it, you know. And I figure once we all pass, we'll know the absolute truth. So we're just trying to make it easier for people when they do pass so they have a little bit more of an idea. So that's it. That's us. Yeah. Cool, mate. All right, I'll, I'll let you know when I post. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith, and that was my conversation with a member of the Australian Paranormal Society, Mr Bill Tabone. I really appreciate you listening.